So we've been focusing a lot. We've had a whole series of talks on humility, and that's been I've been encouraged. It's, and I think it's good and right because humility is good. And what's the opposite of humility? Oh, the opposite of humility, I'm, you're probably thinking, is pride, right? Pride is the opposite of humility. A big tick there, but pride's one of these slippery words that can mean different things slightly in different contexts. I've finished my homework. I'm really proud of my effort. Oh, how awful. Hold your head up high. Be proud. Oh, don't say that. Take pride in your work. Take pride in your school. Take pride in your family. Oh, how wicked. No, no, no. no. These are good things, aren't they? So there's an element of the way we use the word pride that speaks of good and righteous things. A pride that gives us a sense of confidence or self-confidence, of even boldness, of hope and security and positivity because I'm proud of something. I'm proud of myself. This sort of good pride, you can see, is very different though to arrogance, isn't it? Or I'm just better. Or selfishness. Or a self-centered pride where it's all about me. And I'm the center. And you're secondary. So I want to ask us, how can we foster good pride? A righteous pride whilst we at the same time shun ungodly pride because in one sense they come from the same stem because they're all about almost being empowered or feeling strength in self what's the difference and what's the secret so that we can feel good have confidence and yet not be grasping at things at the expense of others well I think there is a simple answer and I think the simple answer can be answered by expressed in three one statement followed by three W's. If you want to have healthy pride, righteous pride, you need to firstly know God. Simple as that. You need to know God. Three W's, you need to know who God is. You need to know what God is like in his character. And you need to know, in a sense, where God is in relationship to yourself. Who, what, and where the three W's for healthy pride. Because I think if you know who God is in those answer to those three W's, you will discover true humility, and that is the antidote to ungodly pride and arrogance. We're looking at two consecutive Psalms over the next two weeks that answer those three questions who, what, where about God. I've titled this series of two talks just humble songs. I think they're just humble songs. They're humble songs, but rather than diminish us, they actually, I think, if we understand the message, they lift us up. They exalt us. First psalm is the one we're looking at this morning, Psalm 138, which I think in simple terms just says, The Lord is exalted. Where is he? The Lord is exalted. And if you recognize that, where God is and who he is, and it's something of his character, then everything else can fall into place. And you have grounds, solid grounds for security 
and hope and confidence. Psalm 138, it's a psalm of David who was the greatest king of Israel in so many ways. He was enthroned, high and exalted and powerful and very, very competent. Great writer, great musician, great leader, great warrior, great man. I even believe he was a great dancer. I don't know about cooking. The Bible doesn't tell us about that. Look at David's posture as he comes to write this psalm. Psalm of David. I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. The proud cannot do that. They cannot, a proud person cannot bring themselves to the place where everything, their whole heart, is poured out in the glory of another. Of God. You are great. You are exalted. You are my glory. See, the proud person envies and resents someone who is so much greater than them. It takes humility to praise. And David's praise through humility absolutely consumes him. I will bow down toward your holy temple. Notice the posture. I will praise your name for your unfailing love, your steadfast love, your, your Hebrew hesed love, and your faithfulness and your truth. For you have so exalted your solemn decree that it surpasses your frame, or as I prefer the translation you'll find in the NIV and the SV, NIV 84 and ESV, you have exalted your name. Above all things, your name and your word. The temple was a symbol of God's presence amongst his people and his, his being there and being good for them. And David prostrates himself in this posture of humility as he, the great and mighty king, bows down to the true throne, the symbol of the true throne, God's temple. You have exalted your name above all things and your word. Because for David there is no other name that is higher than the Lord's. And God's word, it is the absolute truth. It is the absolute law. It is above all other laws, all other truths, all other words. David's entire posthum says, Lord, you in all of your ways... In your steadfast love and faithfulness, you are exalted. Your word, your truth, your glory, your name. Above all. And so I make myself low. I humble myself before you. I submit. You are the Lord. This posture of David, how can that foster any sense of pride or confidence or assurance to be so bowing down? If you've been here through our series on humility, you'll know that this is God's way 
James 4.10, humble yourself before the Lord that he may lift you up. And you don't fight against God. I think what David's doing here is a little bit like, a bit of a weird analogy, but a little bit like surfing. I've never been able to surf. I would love to be able to surf. But I've never tried, so that's my excuse. Imagine you get your board. You go down to the beach and you launch, take yourself out and you're paddling and you actually did, I'm going to surf that way. Like the waves are coming this way, but I want to surf that way. So you're paddling, you're trying to get up the energy to stand up on your board and you can't take on a great force like the incoming surf and do it on your terms. You can't go to your swimming pool even and get on your board and paddle so hard and stand up and look glorious and strong. You're just going to fall over. You don't have the power. If you want to serve, you need to humble yourself and lean into the power of the ocean. And when you do that, when you humble yourself and lean into the power of the ocean, and then you stand up, what joy, as every surfer will tell you, what freedom, what strength, what confidence, as I lean into and ride with the power that is higher than I. What pride there is in being a great surfer. David knows God. He bows before God and he trusts God. And so he says, when I called, you answered me. You greatly emboldened me. Or if you like a more literal translation, you made me bold in my soul with strength. It's almost audacious. David is strong because the Lord has instilled within his spirit on account of his humble faith, the Lord has given him boldness and confidence and strength and a godly pride. I am strong in my soul because I trust in you. The Lord empowers me. Have a look back at verse 1. I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. <clears throat> the gods, most probably the gods of the nations around. Before Molech, before Baal, before Isis, before the kings of the nations who turn away from you, I am going to sing your praise, O Lord. So bold am I, so confident am I, that before these that would steal your glory and rob you of majesty and displace your throne, I will sing with confidence that they are wasting their time, that the Lord is exalted. And I will bow down. You can see it's almost, see the contrast? I'm going to sing your praise with boldness and I'm going to bow down before your temple. Humility with boldness and confidence and pride. <clears throat> I 
There are all sorts of false gods that we live with, perhaps not Moloch and Isis, but the false gods that we're surrounded by of materialism, things that will make your life worthwhile and we bow down before them and serve them or we sing God's praises in the face of them. False gods like individualism and my own personal desires and it's all about me and my rights and my desires and we sing God's praises in the face of those false gods. False gods like governments who would tell us how we can think and what we must do that are against God's laws and when at times, and this happens throughout the world, we have to stand up and sing the Lord's praises in the face of those governments false gods like family religion you need to sing God's praises that the Lord is exalted high and mighty not with pride with absolute humility we know God and therefore we bow down towards your holy temple and praise your name for your unfailing love and for your faithfulness and you have exalted above all things your name, your word. Can you see that if we recognize who God is and where God is, our confidence is not founded in ourself but in the Lord. It's not because I am at the center and I am so strong, but the sovereign God is the universe and he is strong and he sets me free and gives me hope. There are two big errors that we can fall into. The first one I think is fairly obvious. It's, it's been in your face hopefully throughout this year. The first is that pride of arrogance that says, I am God. I am in control. It's all about me. Or this thing that I serve is God. This false God is God and it... The pride of arrogance and that false idolatry, that just leads to slavery and disappointment and emptiness and misery because they fail us. I fail and other things fail. So that's one error, the pride of arrogance. But the second error in this area is this sort of feigned humility that says that fails to appreciate who God is and who God is for me and where I fit in relationship to God. It's this self-deprecation that ends up saying, I'm a failure. I'm nothing. I'm useless. I'm unlovable. And so I have no self-confidence. And I'm miserable. And there is no freedom in that. And there is no joy in that. And it is just as dangerous, perhaps even more so, because it's so subtle than the pride of arrogance. And the antidote to that second error is the same as the first. Remind yourself that the Lord is exalted in steadfast love and faithfulness. And my dignity and my glory and my honor is found in him because he loves me. And he's true to me. And I am not a God. But in him I am not a failure. I am precious 
I am loved with an everlasting love. I have purpose. I have joy. See, David's posture before the Lord, he gets so excited. He finds such joy in this humble glory that it impacts his desire. He says, this is good. This is the best. And so, verse 4, May all the kings of the earth praise you, Lord, when they hear what you have decreed. May they sing of the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. Oh, that the whole world might know the joy and confidence that I have in the Lord. Oh, that the kings of the earth, the high and the exalted and the mighty like I am, might know the joy that I know of bowing down before the Lord of heaven and earth. To that place of truth. Do you see David's desire for the kings of the earth, for the whole earth, it doesn't come from a place of duty or guilt. Oh, I wish they would all know the Lord. Oh, I guess I better do something about it. Oh, I don't really want to. David's evangelistic zeal flows from his pride in the Lord. He has confidence. He has hope. He knows God. And when we share our faith, when you want to speak to someone else about the supremacy of Jesus, guilt and duty are poor, poor substitutes. They will just disappoint you. They are poor substitutes in the place of godly pride and God inspired confidence and boldness we should be bold and confident and proud because we know the lord is exalted jesus is lord he's a beautiful savior and we have hope and we have joy and we have peace and there is freedom for the captives Not because, oh, I guess I should, because oh, that's what Christians are supposed to do and the Bible tells me I need to. and oh, oh, that's kind of true. But how much powerful when it flows from within us out of confidence and joy. Because the Lord's exalted. He's glorious. He's good. Steadfast love and faithfulness. That's my king. If you find yourself dominated by guilt and duty in sharing about Jesus... Your antidote is humility, and humility will lead you to start with praise and thanksgiving. Find your joy in the Lord. Find your confidence in Him, and look to Him then for boldness. What we do when we sing these songs and say these words, what we're doing tonight when we do these, all these weird things about prayer walks and uh, artistic endeavors to express our faith, it's... It's, it's, it's about emboldening your confidence that the Lord is on the throne. It's about making you a better evangelist because of that. And the Lord will meet you where you are. Look at verse 6. Though the Lord is exalted, he looks kindly on the lowly. Though lofty, he sees them from afar. Some translations say, though lofty, the proud he knows from afar. Could be taken either way. 
In the ancient world, the kings and the rulers were the high and exalted ones, and the gods of the ancient world had little concern for the ploughman and the woman weaving and the grandma at the cradle, the ordinary folk. They were really concerned about the high and the mighty, but the God of the Bible, he looks at the lowly. He has a special heart for the poor and the needy and the humble and the proud, perhaps he does, know from afar. See, when we know who God is, these three, who, where and what he is like, it gives us confidence to get through every trial, every torment. See, do you know the Lord who is exalted, as we find in Matthew, he knows he can number the hairs on your head. The Lord who is exalted, well, his eye is on the sparrow. How much more you? What confidence that gives, verse 6. Though the Lord is exalted, he looks kindly on the lowly. Though lofty, he sees them from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand, you save me. The Lord will vindicate me. Your love, Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the work of your hands. David says, whatever comes my way, I am with the Lord. He preserves my life. In a sense, I'm untouchable. I have an eternal perspective. I have a, a, the Lord is exalted perspective in steadfast love and faithfulness. Verse 8. The Lord will vindicate me. I prefer the previous NIV translation. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Or the Lord will bring to completion on my behalf, more literally. God has higher purposes. Yes, you're walking through a difficult time. Yes, the enemy seems to be surrounding you, but God has higher purposes. And David says, I know he's going to fulfill his purposes for me. It may be tough now, but he has a higher good. And so he repeats that refrain we find throughout Scripture, Your love, O Lord, endures forever. You are forever exalted. Do not abandon the work of your hands, or don't relax, Lord. Don't let up your grip on doing your great work of steadfast love and faithfulness. Keep at it. A woman uh, named Sevilla Martin tells this story. Early in the spring of 1905, my husband and I were sojourning in Elmira, New York. We contracted a deep friendship for a couple by the name of Mr. and Mrs. Doolittle, true saints of God. Mrs. Doolittle had been bedridden for nigh 20 years, 20 years in the bed. Her husband was an incurable cripple who had to propel himself and to and from his business in a wheelchair. Despite their afflictions, they lived happy Christian lives, bringing inspiration and comfort to all who knew them. One day while we were visiting with the Doolittles, my husband commented on their bright hopefulness 
and asked them for the secret of it. Mrs. Doolittle's reply was simple. His eye is on the sparrow and I know he watches over me. The beauty of this simple expression of boundless faith gripped the hearts and fired the imagination of Dr. Martin and me. And so it was that Sevilla Martin went home and wrote a hymn or a poem. The name of her poem is The Eye is on the Sparrow. His Eye is on the Sparrow. Sung by heaps, heaps and heaps and heaps of people, particularly those who think they've got a bit of soul. Uh, I think the best that I listened to was Mahalia Jackson's. Fantastic. Here's someone who has the confidence that the Lord's exalted. Why should I be discouraged? And why should the shadows fall? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion, a constant friend is he. His eye is on the sparrow. And I know he watches me. His eye is on the sparrow and I know he watches us. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow and I know he watches me. Let not your heart be troubled. These tender words I hear and resting on his goodness, I lose my doubts and fears. For by the path he leadeth, but one step only I may see. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. You see the confidence that you get when you know that the Lord is exalted, and he is good, and his love endures forever. The Doolittles were proud people, proud in the Lord, confident, assured, though I've been in bed for 20 years and he's in a wheelchair. Jesus is my portion. Constant friend is he. David had to bow before a temple, a building. Uh, they made sacrifices in that building and all the pomp and ceremony. We bow before the Lord Jesus Christ, high, highest, high and exalted. And all the temple represents is met and fulfilled in here. Look at verse 2 again. I will bow down towards your holy temple and will praise your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness or your truth. For you have exalted above all things your name, your word. Jesus is our temple. He is God with us. He was the one who said, this is the temple that will be destroyed and yet raised again in three days. He is the one who is the sacrifice. He is the one through whom we make intercession and, commun and relate with God. He is the king of steadfast covenant love who brings in a new covenant through his blood. He is the way and the truth and the life. 
the faithful one. Verse 2, you have exalted above all things your name and your word. His is the name above every name. He is the living word of God, now seated at the right hand of the Father in the very highest place. Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus is exalted. He is my portion. A constant friend is he. If you're struggling with confidence, pride, happiness, security, in a troubled world, if you're looking for hope amongst the hopelessness, if you're looking for some boldness in fearful times, if you want some pride, make Jesus your portion your constant friend. Know that his eye is on Sparrow and he watches you and he cares for you and he loves you and has demonstrated that by giving his life for you. Just keep remembering the Lord is exalted. Amen.